Spurs are still top of the table. Are they ever going to stop winning? Liverpool are winning with ease. Arsenal are unbeaten. And well, again, Manchester is blue. I really don't know when to be red. But yeah. Oh, yeah. And Messi wins his 8th Ballon d'Or. All this on Mind of the Fans podcast. Let's go. Hello everyone, we're so glad you could join us on another episode of My Not Fans Podcast. I'm David, his spy. Spy, how you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm okay, I'm okay. How's your week going so far? Um, so far, I would say it's just, it's been a normal week. What about you, David? It's a normal week. Ah, uh, it's pretty good, you know, just chilling. So obviously, this is episode 11. This is episode 11 of My Not Fans Podcast. Yeah, 11 episodes in. Matrix 10 has come and has gone. A lot of exciting moments also. Did you enjoy Matrix 11? Sorry, Matrix 10. No, I didn't. Okay, I want to know your reason. Well, I kind of know your reason already, but we'll get into that in a minute. Thank you so much. So let's start off as usual by saying thank you guys so much for all your love and your support. We're 11 episodes in and we're growing day by day, always improving just for you guys. So thank you so much. Spy. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work, yeah. So nothing much. I don't know why I keep saying that, but we should, we have enough to discuss this week. Obviously, Matrix 11 had so many things going on. Matrix 11 had so much drama. And I like I couldn't stop watching. It was so good. And obviously, the Ballon d'Or was announced this week. The prestigious Ballon d'Or. But yeah, it was announced this week. So we'll touch on that for a bit. And... Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about some other big games too that, was, that, were, that went on around Europe. Obviously, the El Clasico, then Napoli, AC Milan. We'll talk about that for a minute. So, le- yeah, let's dive in. First off, we'll start with your match prediction, Spy. Okay. Spy told me Spurs, Spurs, the Spurs play. Spurs Palace or Palace Spurs. I remember Palace being at home. Palace Spurs, I think you told me 3 1 to Spurs, right? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Chelsea, Bradford. You also told me three one to Chelsea. Chelsea, I, I would never trust Chelsea again. Honestly, I said the thing is Arsenal, man. I trust them. Arsenal, Sheffield. You told me four 0 Yes, yes, I did. Yes, you did. Obviously, Brian, Bournemouth, Burnley. You didn't predict anything on that, so past that. West Ham. Sorry, no Wolves, Newcastle. You went for Newcastle to win one 0 Yeah. West Ham, Everton. You went for West Ham to win two 0 Brighton, Fulham. Oh, this was funny. Brighton Fulham, you told me 5-1. You actually went 6-1 also, but you said between 5 and 6. Yep. And I told you 2-0, that I thought it would be 2-0. I still stand my ground on 5 or 6. Okay. Villa Luton, you told me 4-0. Mm-hmm. Liverpool Forest, you told me 2-1. Oh. And United City, you told me 2-1 or 3-1. You went for either, either or. Two. So... So let's jump right into the actual score lines for each game. For United's game, 3-1 to who? To United or to City? To United. Don't, don't come and start, you know, trying to flip sides now. No, no I meant like um, 3-1 to the winning team. You know, I didn't, I didn't really see. Uh-huh. It's okay, we'll move. Yeah, we move. Obviously, let's start with the actual predictions. Palace, Spurs, Spurs won that 2-1. Chelsea, Bradford. Bradford won that 2-0. Yeah. 
Arsenal Sheffield, Arsenal cruised past Sheffield 5 0. Bournemouth Burnley, Bournemouth winning that 2 1. Wolves Newcastle 2 2. West Ham Everton, a shocker 1 0 for Everton. Brighton Fulham 1 1. Villa Luton 3 1. Liverpool Forest 3 0. And Man City Man United 3 0 to Manchester City. Okay, let's jump right in, shall we? Where do you want to start? Let me, I want to know where you want to start from. I want to start from the first game of the game week. Okay, that would be Spurs Palace. Obviously, Spurs now are sitting top of the table, two points top of the table. They are winning against um, Palace. I think Ange set a record, 23 points in his first 10 games. Also, 26 points from his first 10 games. No new manager has come in and done that. So, Ange Ball, is, is it looks like he's working now. Are Spurs going to lose? Or when are Spurs going to lose? That's a proper question. There is no Ange Ball. As Ange honestly says in an interview, and I quote, mate, I'm just copying whatever Pep is doing. So Ange is basically playing Pep Ball. So Pep Ball has still not been defeated in Premier League. So at this point, I would like to give Tottenham the spectators cross and say, they're going to keep winning. Or oh, kind of like reverse psychology. Exactly. That's spectators. Yeah, there's also, you know, the commentators cause also, you know, that type of stuff. But yeah, so Spurs, obviously, 26 points from a possible 30 points. That's crazy. I didn't, I have never in my life dreamed of Spurs. What do I say? I've never in my life imagined Spurs be top of a table. Like the closest they came to it was that season Chelsea won the league. But right now, they are still comfortably top of the table. Two points ahead, second place, Arsenal. Is that crazy? Two points ahead, second place, yes. Not Arsenal, though, but Arsenal and City, because they are both, yeah, you know. But that's how I just said, two points above second place. I didn't really call it a team. Because some people like to be proud, and some people like to be humid, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, nothing more to say from that game. Spurs, I, I don't I didn't necessarily watch the game, but I don't I watched the highlights and Spurs didn't look like they did anything wrong other than concede that 90 plus four goal or 90 plus one goal, I can't remember which. 90 plus four goal to Palace. Uh, it was a lovely finish from Jordan Ayi for, for all I remember. Yeah. So let's obviously move on because as I said, nothing really to talk much about Spurs. I'm just hoping that as an Arsenal fan, I just hope they lose sometime soon, you know. Now Obviously, next game, Chelsea-Bradford. More like Chelsea taking one step forward, two steps back type of thing. Honestly, since Brentford came to the Premier League, they've been giving Chelsea a lot of nightmares. So, like, that is very interesting. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, So, Brentford have two wins at Stamford Bridge this season. Chelsea only have one. That's crazy that they only have in this year. How many games have they played in Stamford Bridge this year that they only have one win? Chelsea, honestly, I think I thought the reason I gave them that one was it 2 0 or 2 1 win was because they just came off a quite beautiful display against Arsenal. Not the scoreline, not saying it, but they played quite well against Arsenal. And then the previous games as well, Palmer with the penalty and whatnot. I thought that they were okay, give Brentford a game. But that was the opposite of what I saw. It was Brentford that brought it to Stamford Bridge. Honestly, it should be Brentford's bridge now. Like, it's crazy because, like, the first half, right, they actually played ball, but they just couldn't finish their chances. And obviously, we'll say Chelsea missed some 
decent players like Enzo and Modric. But still, they still played well in the first half, but they just couldn't convert their chances. The second half was just different. Like, it became Brentford's game. It was crazy. I was like, nah, this is crazy. I've been mentioning that name and I keep mentioning Umbremo. He is a problem. I think he's scored in almost every single game he's played in. Either got yeah, yeah. a goal or got an assist. Yeah, he has like seven goals and like four assists. He is popping off. It doesn't look like Brentford are missing Avantoni at this point. No. So he has six goals and like, yeah, like three assists. Yeah, like, I mean, and obviously there are reports coming out that Avantoni will probably leave in January when he comes back from his ban. But without Ivan Tony, he has done a pretty good job. So kudos to Brentford, obviously, and Chelsea. So my question is, what does this loss now mean for Chelsea? Well, she just gives them more room to bounce back. Because I know most of the if manager as a manager to do that bounce back, which he has always done in his career. But in this Chelsea side, I really don't know. Cole Palmer was like the stepping stool, but against Brentford, they just, they just stepped down the stool, if, if you get what I mean. But... Hopefully, we see some new things next week because Benford is meant to be there f- at least three points against their next tough opponents because they yeah, have... Because, yeah. The Benford is meant to be there at least that three points to hold on to, but they didn't grab that. So, I'd like to see how they do in the next fixtures ahead. They play Spurs next. In the way that Spurs losing game. And uh, I think Madison will be on crack. He will score maybe a hat-trick. Oh, yeah, and it's at White Hart Lane. So, ah, uh, yeah. White Hart Lane? Be, yeah, is that what this new stadium is called? White Hart Lane. That's what it's called, right? Not really. <laughs> I'm 100% sure it's called White Hart Lane. I can't believe we're arguing about this, but... No, no, it's not called. The former stadium used to be called White Hart Lane. Oh, sorry, sorry. Tottenham Hotspur State. That's stupid. Former stadium used to be called White Hart Lane. That's just stupid. Absolutely stupid. Anyway, so kudos to Bradford and obviously Chelsea now look. I know. I hope they can come back from this. I'm hoping they come back from this against Spurs though. I really want Spurs to lose. I re- like I'm on my knees begging for Spurs to lose. I don't understand why you pray for a team down. For the upbringing of your team and focus on your team. I'm 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 sorry, but like if much do you want Manchester City to be winning always? I'm so sorry, but I don't care about Manchester City. I care about my team lifting themselves up, okay? Once my team is up to the extent that I know that we're going into a game week and we're getting three points without me even watching the game, then I can start praying for other people's downfall. Do you get what I mean? But right now, I'm not in the position to do that. Neither are you. What's that Arsenal fun? Yeah. Using that as a step is to moving on to the next game, Arsenal-Sheffield. Arsenal absolutely cruised past Sheffield with 5-0 and Ketia scoring a hat-trick. I don't really think there's anything to discuss more on that. Arsenal look... We have to say something. We have to recite something. Which is? Your defense is in trouble and Ketia is in the room. Your defense is in trouble and Ketia is in the room. Oh, I love that song. That song is amazing though. But as I said, I don't think there's anything to say. Arsenal just looked... I won't say they were at their very best, but Arsenal just looked comfortable. Sheffield never posed a threat at any point. Which brings my only question for this game. Is Sheffield in trouble? Yes. They've been in trouble since day one and they're still in trouble till now. They are sitting comfortably after 10 games played on one point and minus 22 goal defense. Sheffield are in a lot of mess. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of scary, though. It's, it's actually scary to be 10 games in and only one point, And they are conceding goals left, right, and center. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm hoping something works for them, you know. Hoping something works for them. But yeah, as I say, there's nothing really more to talk about from that game. I'm just, it's one of those wins where it's comfortable. Inketia getting his hat trick. Patrick. Um, Fabio Vieira also scoring. Tomiyasu scoring his first goal too. That made me really happy. Tomiyasu scoring his first goal. I really wanted Kai Havers to score. I just I, I wanted Kai Havers to score too. But anyways, we'll take the win. So let's move on to another surprising result. West Ham Everton. Everton upsets West Ham at home. 1-0. Did you see that score coming? Most definitely not. I knew that yeah. Mr. Dominic was fit. But I didn't know he'd be back on this call shit. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Your boy scored. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He, my friend, he is... On his good day, he's a problem. And West Ham saw that problem. Yeah. And obviously, West Ham lost in the Europa League also before this game. And then they lost to City the week... Well, no, sorry, not City. They lost to Aston Villa also. And then the week before that, they lost to City. So not to City. They lost to... Oh, sorry, they drew to Newcastle. So, technically, they haven't had the best of results lately. So, question is, what does this win do for Everton? And what does the defeat do for West Ham? Or what does it mean for West Ham? So, for Everton, first of all, it keeps them comfortably, like, for now, away from that relegation zone. Because in the relegation zone, we can speak about Bournemouth, Luton, Bali, and Sheffield. With Bournemouth and uh, Lewiston closely on like six, five, and four points respectively, and Nottingham Forest and Everton that just on the same with ten points, so that keeps Everton just comfortably above Brighton with four. Uh, again, sorry, Bournemouth with four points, so it could be a sense of a mid-table finish, but no relegation battles for them if they keep up this way. What that means is <laughs> you get to sit down behind Manchester United. <laughs> The fact that you're laughing about that scares me, Spy. That scares me to your point, though. Um, it scares me. My, I, I've, been, I've, I've been scared too, but you know, you have to adapt. And I've adapted to the fact that United, we are not in the position to even complain. Because if we complain right now as fans, we're only going I'm, to... I'm sorry, but I have to... I just, I'm sorry, before you go on your little rant, I just have to pause you there. Because if I, if I allow you to go on this rant now, you you go on like... So we'll, we'll leave that for when we actually get to United, you know. I'm sorry, but just just hold it in for a minute. So do you see... Where, where do you see West Ham finishing? Do you see West Ham finishing like... Like what? Eight. Eight. Ninth. Ninth. I mean, that was better than last season, though. Last season, I think they finished like 11th or 12th or something like that. Everton will probably finish like 14th, maybe. Everton, yes, about 14th, 15th. Well, yeah, Everton will probably finish around 14th, 15th. I wonder, like, above relegation zone, but not like comfortably above relegation zone, but not comfortably on the mid team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Okay, Um. next game. Bournemouth finally got their first win after 10 tries. Nine tries. Nine tries, ten tries. It's ten. Yeah. Is it ten? They played. They had to play ten games to get their win. So ten tries. Okay. Right. Yeah. And they got it against the relegation battlers, Burnley. Well, you do expect them to be getting the results against teams below them. You know. You know what I mean. Like you expect but, them to. Yeah. 
they do have the quality in the side. And it's and the boy I keep mentioning, Philip Benning, on the score sheet as well. Yeah. I mean they if not for VR, I think VR intervened. They could have easily drawn the game too, so or lost the game. I don't know which of them, but VR intervened and you know. But yeah, Bournemouth finally got their first win against Burnley. Wolves and Newcastle drew two two. That was an interesting game. Your guy, your two guys actually. Chan. Yeah, he set up. He set. He scored the second one, and then obviously Neto set up the first one, or something, something like that. But sadly, they lost Neto to injury. Sadly, that was. Um, no, that means now, David. What does it mean? They need me. They need you, hundred percent, hundred percent. They need you, hundred percent. But obviously, Newcastle coming coming out of that devastating loss to Dortmund in Champions League, they came into this game and they drew it. I think they have Carabao Cup action and then they play us now next. So. Wolves obviously on a semi-high or high type thing. Newcastle, do you, is this a back? And obviously Newcastle lost Isak too. So is this a falling back for Newcastle? Like maybe a step back for them? I just I don't I don't think that. I just feel like Newcastle this season they've been like um Liverpool of twenty twenty. When I mean what I mean by that is like they are they played their home crowd. Okay. When they played in front of like when they played in St James's Park, you could just tell that the crowd were back in there. Newcastle were, they were not playing because they were they, they do playing for a reason, they were playing for the fans. But when they're away from home, they find it a bit difficult to grab that result. And I feel against in the Champions League, they played Dortmund at home, but you could see that Dortmund players they were expecting St James's Park fans and everything. And that's what they tried to slow the game down as much as they could which worked out for them because the last thing you want to do is to bring the game and a high tempo to a home crowd that is as loud as the Newcastle crowd. So I think they're struggling away from home, but in their home games, they're very comfortable. And also on the upside of that, Newcastle fans, I have a big question for you guys. I saw your ticket inspector give Dortmund's boss I saw that. I saw that too. I said I was so, like, nah. The question is, do you want Dortmund to pay the fine, <laughs> or should they let you go? That's just salty, salty, salty Newcastle fans. That's crazy. Um, let's move on. Obviously, your one of your craziest predictions: Brighton, Fulham, Brighton drawing to Fulham one-one, and obviously you predicted five-nil, five sorry five-one. What do you think of that game? What 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 do you take out of that? Nothing. Nothing. So you you don't think obviously Brighton played type of way and the Brighton are not backing out from that type of way. And even if it means considering 10, 15 goals, 20 goals in five games, they are not going to back out of that. So do you think their style of play is a problem? It's a problem for some teams, but not all teams. No, no. When I mean a problem, I don't mean for them. Sorry, I don't mean for the teams they are playing against. I mean for Brighton themselves because they are considering like this is like back to back to back matrix that they are considering goals off their style of play. Do you get what I mean? I would say it's a problem because you have to stick to something that you know you've loved and you've worked on. They need to change something in between it, but the style of play still remains because at the end of the day, they do get goals from that style of play. They do worry teams in their style of play. 
yes, you may have some upsets and whatnot, setbacks, but all things being all, they are sitting comfortably on the table now. I think they are um, seventh place above United with like two points or so. But yeah, I mean, compared to last season, they were like, you know, higher than that. I think they were fourth place by this time last season. But Yeah. Um. Obviously, I, I, I just thought like their style of play will probably kill them or not. It will kill them or what's that? What's that saying? What to kill you only makes you stronger. So I think their style of play will kill them definitely, but it will obviously make them stronger and more worrying to teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I do agree with what you mean. Yeah. And obviously, their counterparts, we call them their counterparts because they kind of, they're kind of in the similar bracket. Villa beats Luton 3-1. I don't think Emery will be happy with that one they conceded. It was a very disgusting own goal as well, so... He would probably be very annoyed. Furious. So yeah, this is this is 12 games unbeaten at home for Villa. As I said, no team other than City and Arsenal have won more games in 2023 than Villa. And that's a job by Unai Emery. That's an amazing job Unai Emery has done. Um, Diaby has looked good. Oli Watkins, John McGinn, Douglas Luiz, Kamara, the backline of um, Lucas Dean. Paul Torres, I'm blanking here. Mati Cash, what's the last one? What's his name? Konza. Eric Konza, yeah. That backline, really good. Plus Martinez right behind them. And then you have midfield of Kamara and Douglas Luiz. Then you have John McGinn, Diabe, Oliwat. It's like, that. It, they just fit like perfectly. And then Emery. And then there are subs also. Telemans, um, Leon Bailey, really good subs. Really, really good subs, though. I just think Villa are, like, the most complete team right now in the Premier League. Do you think? I highly um, agree with you, David. I think so, as well. Oh, thank you so much, yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me. That means a lot, yeah. So, obviously, there's nothing really I would take I have from that game. I think it was a routine win for Villa against a really bottom-up plant. 3-0. Disappointing for them to concede the goal. I do have both Watkins and... um. Diaby on my FPL too, so yeah, me. Let's move on now to Liverpool Forest. Liverpool winning that 3 0. I actually watched that game. I watched that game very well. And for me, I think Forest were the cause of their downfall. I think two of their goals were just stupid mistakes made by them. Like goals that shouldn't have been even considered. Um, but I think for Liverpool, it was a routine win for them. Nothing too much. The big news surrounding that game, obviously, was Luis Diaz. And our condolences goes out to him if we ever get it. But we do send our condolences to him. His parents kidnapped. His mom has been released. and But the dad is still, as of the latest reports, his dad is still being searched for. So that's I think that's the really big talking point from that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and we pray and hope that, you know, as much as we are rival fans, we don't want anything personal happening to any player or or any club. So we do, all we'll say from that game is that we pray that it all works out for, for him and his family. And Hey, David, is I'm sorry, David. I would never give you a Bro, you're crazy. You're crazy. I would never give you a I promise you. Okay. Okay, well, let's move on to the big one of the game week, United City. 
don't know why you <laughs> honestly I don't understand why you have such a huge smile on your face while saying you know you seat. Why? As Eric Ten Hag said, gameplay was perfected on the pitch. I'll keep it as that. For the first 10 minutes of the game, United actually looked like they could do, do something to City. Then, after that penalty, which for me, I think was a controversial call. I, I think that was soft, by the way. But after that penalty, City just took over the game. United were in shambles. Am I, am I to a certain degree, accurate on my analysis? No, very, very accurate. Because they don't have a leader in that team. Okay, there was a setback. There was a penalty, blah, blah, blah. Heads are not straight. You need that captain now. To tell your players, get your shit together, and we have a game to win. But instead, our captain is throwing hands and uh, doing some clown moves and whatever, whatever, whatever. He is the opposite of what you want in the captain. I'm quoting Ray Kane right now. And I 100% agree with that. We need a certain factor who someone is there to tell the players, the setback has come and gone, we still focus on the plan, and we play our football. But that was the opposite of what we saw. Yeah, and I think his the subs also that came on did nothing to the game. Ganacho literally giving the ball away. Anthony trying to fight with Doku. Martial coming on at like 89, 89th minute to do what? Like, what's he coming on to do in the 89th minute? Okay. Yeah, we're already losing 3 0. And then obviously he has Varan on the bench. And I get Varan is com- just coming back from injury. And this leads me to my question in at this point now, looking at the team. You know, obviously, when Ronaldo was here, they were like, everyone was blaming Ronaldo for the struggles of my United. Now Ronaldo has gone. Now there's no Sancho. Now there's no this. Is it time now to start looking at Ten Hag as the manager and saying, your tactics are not working. You are doing something wrong. Is it, is it time now? No, no, no. Because for you to solve this issue of United, you need to go at least 10 years back to solve this issue. Don't, don't, don't start giving me Gary Neville stuff I'm not right giving now. You, no, 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 no. He's a very... And I think I've mentioned this before. United is a social media club in the sense that they're just trying to hide the internal factors in the club. There's no way a star player, Andre De Maria, world-class, came to United. Nothing. Schwarzenegger in his prime, about to leave Bayern Munich, came to United. Nothing. Should I keep going? No, that's also, I mean, that's also another thing to look at too, though. Let me finish. Paul Pogba, in his prime, came to United. A bit okay, but nothing. Jose Mourinho, world-class manager, came to United. Now, the question is, is it really the players? The players will not. Honestly, I should say, okay, you have to fight for your badge, you have to play for your team. A lot of people will give up their sister's lives to play for to be a professional footballer, let alone play for United. And you have the opportunity and you're, you're playing without, like, without Gal, without Flair, just playing football, like, you're forced to do it. Now, you have to think, are these players really happy? Is there something internal going on? That I mean, that obviously, yeah, I'm saying, we, there's the internal aspect of it. We know the internal, we, like, we're not blind to it, but then... How is the internal stuff affecting the stuff on the pitch? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it can't be that bad to be affecting. Like, I don't know if you get what I mean. I, I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you because the end of the day, is like, okay, the internal stuff, the, at, at most, it should affect Ten Hag. But no. Ten Hag has actually in, in, included that internal stuff into the team, 
in the sense of Sancho. Sancho is that linking the internal whatever. So right now the players are playing with a bit of fear and a bit of um, is my manager going to call me out in the press if I do this wrong? This and that. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I mean definitely we can spend a whole uh more just talking about United's challenges and problems, both internally and on the field. But we're not going to do that this episode. So let's move on. Let's move on. Obviously, as I said, Manchester at this point is blue because Manchester City are just winning and winning and winning, dominating the derby. At the point, it didn't even look competitive. Like, it was just boring. City just, like, like in the second half, City just made it look like, okay, we're just at this point tired. Like, let's just pass the ball around and do yibidi-dab-dab. But fair play to City. So... With that being said, we I think we can move on to our players of the game, right? Your players of the game. My players of you want my players of the game. Please. Okay. So um obviously Spurs, Spurs Palace. I will just agree or disagree. If I say I disagree, it doesn't mean I'm going to give you my player. I'll just disagree and then we'll move on, okay? Okay. So players of the game, obviously, Spurs, Palace, I would say. I want to say Vicario. You know, sports keeper, Vicario, I think he's very underappreciated, but he made some really crazy ass saves to keep sports in the game. Like, do, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I'm going to say Vicario. Arsenal, sorry, Chelsea, Bradford, obviously, Mbemo. Agreed. Arsenal, Sheffield, Nketiah. Agreed. Bournemouth, Burnley, Philip Billing. Very much agreed. Wolves, Newcastle, I would say Hanky Chan. Yeah. Are you disagreeing? No? Yes, I am. Why? Forget that love. I love um, my Asian friend. But um, I think the reason Newcastle really had a life, like a lifeline was because of Callum Wilson. His okay. brain kept them in that. So Callum Wilson? Now, for me, I'll give it to Callum. Okay. Okay, that's fair. West Ham, Everton, obviously Dominic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Lauren, agreed. Yeah. Brighton, Fulham, Brighton, Fulham. I, yeah, I don't know. I'll say Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson, yeah. I'm not though. Brighton, Fulham. I want to say Ferguson, but... I'm going to leave that for you, so... Okay. Um, Villa Luton, I'm going for Diaby. I agree. Liverpool Forest, I would go for Mo Salah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. United City, I'm going to go for Haaland. But I mean, I, I want to also say Bernardo Silva. I have to give props to Bernardo Silva because the way he controlled the game, I think, was... Um, if it's about control, the person that really controlled that game was no one other than Phil Foden. From the start of the game to the end of the game, feel folding, controlled. Okay. But in terms of a derby, what we really need in the derby. Okay, so with that done, let's just touch on a few games around Europe. Obviously, as I said, El Clasico, Jude Bellingham. Oh my God, bro, just took the game by he by himself like he was like I'm going to carry this team because I Madrid considered the goal under five minutes and then Jude Bellingham was like okay I'm done with this and then he just took over like I said Jude 
is living a lie. He's living a fairy tale. Yeah, he's living the dream. Honestly, Jude, enjoy it. That's all I can say. Just enjoy it, Jude. You deserve it. You've worked hard for it. From Birmingham to your to Germany to your dream club. Jude, thank you. Yeah, and, and that was actually the only prediction I got correctly. You went Madrid to win 2-1. So... <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry, Barca fans. I'm really sorry. I was the Catalonia fan until the end of Messi left. So, bye. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> that was the only one I got. And obviously, Napoli, Milan. Napoli, AC Milan. You went for Napoli to win 2-0, but they actually drew 2-2. I mean, I, um, I got two there. <laughs> Only two goals being scored. Let's be serious. So, yeah, that was another big game across Europe. We obviously have some others too. I think Ajax, Feyenoid, something like that. And Ajax lost that. Ajax are surprisingly terrible this year. Um, I think, I genuinely think the fans are going to burn the stadium this season. Like, it's crazy. They're 18th in their league. Ajax fans are one of the low-key, most dangerous fans in the world. But because they scary. always win, people don't really see it. Now that they're losing, that stadium might be burned down. And I'm not joking. Like, it's crazy. It's actually crazy. Surprising, but yeah. So those are, your, those are the big matches from around Europe this week. And obviously, yesterday, the Ballon d'Or was announced. Some controversial... Um, might I say some contro- com- some controversial placements? Placements. I didn't say re- the final winner though. Placements, right? Um, Jude Bellingham finished 18th. Agreed. Onana finished above Saka. Onana finished above Saka and Agreed. Odegaard. Uh, and Odegaard. Ah uh, no. Onana. Sorry. Can I ask you a question? He finished above Ruben Diaz. Who he finished above he... Ruben Diaz. Did he win? Did he, be... did he go to World Cup um, for Champions League finals? Okay. Did he perform in Champions League semifinals? As I said, some really nasty placements, but I'm not going to go deep dive into it. But obviously, oh, nah, nah. obviously we have some... Obviously, congratulations to Lionel Messi. He finished first in the rankings and won his record eight Ballon d'Or. So congrats to him. I'm still a Ronaldo fan, but congrats to him. Haaland finished second. Mbappe finished third. Nothing more than that. I'm not going to say too much into it. Jude Bellingham also won the Copa Trophy, which gives it to the world's best um, under 20 player. Yeah. Martinez won the Yashin Trophy, world's best goalkeeper in 2023. And then Haaland wins the um, Muller Trophy as the best striker of 2023. So nothing, nothing much there. And um, yeah, pretty much that's pretty much it. Again, congrats to Leon Messi. Record eight-time Ballon d'Or for him. Say that again, please. What did you say? I said record eight-time Ballon d'Or. So congrats to him. One more time, please. I'm done. I feel, I feel sick even saying it right now. Messi. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We Messi fans. Just um, settles the goat debate. 
Well, guys, we have come to the end of another episode of, of Minor Defense Podcast. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back on Friday on IG Live for Spies Match Week 11 predictions. I hope this time he won't give some weird as nonsense stuff. So. I got pleasure by the fans in the live. I got pleasure. Yeah, to give to give um Brighton winning six one, right? Or five one. Yes, I got pleasure by the fans. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But as usual, thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting. Thank you so much. Your support means the world to us. We ask that you as always keep up the good work. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all the amazing all your amazing football friends out there. Remember to tune into our IG Live on Friday. We don't know when that will be yet, but we'll, we'll send that out soon. And hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week ahead. We're out. Peace.